You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman. As always, I'm a staffer at IndieCornRose.com. And joining me on the line for the second time this week, because we got one finally right, is Tony East. Tyree Evans, one year, $12 million deal. We finally got one guy right. We got one right. We missed McDermott, but we got Tyreek. That makes me happy that we got one. It does make me happy, too. Uh, we even predicted that we make a move. I think on Sunday's podcast, we said there we got one more move left. We didn't know what it was. We talked about well, Tyreek we, a little bit. Not only did we say that a move was left, we said a guard was left. That is true. We did, and we did talk about Tyreek. I think for a minute Sunday. I'm trying to. Yeah. We did do a little bit on our or Monday podcast. We did a little bit on our free agency one. We knew there was one move left when Tyreek this morning. They said they were in the works on a deal, and they're kind of haggling over both sides. I was thinking, are they deciding over a second or third year non guarantee? And the fact that it's one year is awesome. I think it's honestly just a, a great deal. Yeah, so a lot of the negatives, uh, I tweeted this today too about Tyreek, are injuries for him. Uh, he averages a little under 60 games to play the season. It's like 58. Um, but he's a talented player, so getting him for one year, you know, if you get one of his healthy years, he's played over 70 a few times, then it's a complete steal. Um, and if he's hurt, then who cares? You know, it's only a one-year deal. I mean, it'll suck that he gets hurt. But really, it mitigates a lot of the risks with him as a player. Yes, and – it ba- lets you push your cap space, which is basically, this is like the, this is basically the, the KCP deal for Tyreek. And then in the sense that it tops the qualifying offer, so he'll take it. And maybe he got, got an offer for like two for 16, like Joe Harris, or two for 18. But it's enough on a single year to convince him to come to come to you guys. And it makes him have to work hard because he still has to earn his next contract. Yeah, for sure. And and that's good for him. You know, you just saw him in a contract year in Memphis, completely ball, and he earned this one. So maybe he'll try to do that again. Also, in the summer next year where there's more cap space, too. Also, a sneaky move. It keeps the Pacers just barely under the salary cap so they can get some of that luxury tax money. 117000 under right now. Which, well, if they I, don't don't, think that, I don't think they care about the luxury tax money now, actually. Uh, so I, I think they don't well, care. Well, here's the thing. They only have 13 players, so they're going to have to sign someone else and go over it. Uh, well, what if it's, – so it, it's on that day, so they could – I guess you're right. Do they have to have 13 players on their roster? They do, 13 right, right now. What if that guy's on a two-way deal? What do you mean? Oh, he can't. Thirteen guy can't be a two-way guy because it's thirteen. No, there it is. Well, if you count Sumner there at fourteen, but right, can't 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 they kind of manipulate it and make it a two-way player or some some weird kind of thirteenth guy? But they would probably still reach over a hundred thousand dollars, right? They'll go. They'll go over. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was thinking <laughs> that. <going> over. <laughs> I'm not sure this year's going to be that much electric tax money. Although the the, th- the Thunder might pay an arm and a leg for a yeah. team. No, um, they're they're, stre- they're stretching mellow. Huh? Like, like I know um, on July one, the Cavs had to pay fifty four million dollars in the luxury tax bill. So it's like some money the teams get back, which is big for a small market team, especially if you're good and you get the luxury tax money. That's kind of like a plus plus in the same way because you get playoff money as yep. well. Yes, exactly. But, and they're and they get their own playoff money since they're gonna be in it now with a deeper team. Yeah, but let's let's really just talk about the fit of Tyreek. I, I just thought that was an interest. I thought they were going to center the catch enough. I I was right, but the money I just really had another yeah. player. Um, so you said it. Ty, Tyreek averaged twenty points last year. Had really an awesome year. Um, his best year from three, shooting almost forty percent, forty five and three. Took a ton of shots, but played thirty one minutes a game. Um, I think when we talked about him earlier, we were talking about how there's kind of a threshold for how many minutes he can play a year. Yes. I think 
it was about 1500 was the thought, right? Yeah. 50 to 2000. Yeah. But the thing is, if he's coming off the bench, he's probably playing 15 a game, especially if he's backing up Oladipo. Now, if he plays really well, he might work his way into end-of-game minutes. Next Oladipo, we'll see how that goes. But we do that math, so let's say he plays like 70 games at 15 minutes. That gets you a little bit, right? gets you at, I'm thinking like close to 2,000 minutes roughly. 15 minutes a game times 70 games is 1,050 minutes. Oh, it, it is. Okay. <laughs> no, is I it? Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I'm, so yeah. that's part of the the math calcu- calculus, not calculus at all. The part of the math that I was talking about with uh, Johnny Mathais, who wrote a piece for 8.9 seconds about Tyreek that's really good. You should go read it if you're listening. Um, but we were talking about this because I think Tyreek, if he plays the Lance role, he's going to be so, so good because that's where he will thrive as the secondary creator off the bench. He'll fit in really well, I think, next to Sabonis, who can create out of the post, and next to Corey Joseph, who can take the defensive guard duties. I think with shooters around him like McDermott and whoever they have as the backup four, you know, he'll fit in really well with those guys. And I think at the Lancer, he'll be great. Where it's less uh, obvious is when he gets those Lance minutes that aren't with the second unit. You know, if he's with Vic and Vic's dominating the ball handling, um, how good can he be? Because I think he can be a good spot-up shooter, but we don't have a ton of data about that besides like a season of good shooting in Memphis to say um, how good those minutes will be. So I think four 15 minutes a game, he'll be great. And then once he goes beyond that and his role expands, we'll have to see what happens. So really, in two of his last three seasons, he's had a 30, 39% or higher three-point percentage. Yep. I mean, yep. So like there is some evidence that this is kind of a well, well, and one of those was in that 2016-17 Pelican season when they just signed Solomon Hill to start at the three, and they had no spacing at all. Yeah, and then you looked at when he got traded to Sacramento, his three-point percentage went way up all of a sudden. Way up. Yeah, exactly. So, so some of this is going to be spacing, and so I, I think there's that point to a sign is that he can shoot if he has spacing and he can shoot on the catch and shoot, where he's not necessarily a guy that needs to like be in flow first three, which is good because that's kind of the goal of playing on Victor Depot. You have to be a good catch and shoot because he's going to be the creator. He's going to be the driving factor for the offense, at least at the end of games. So that might be good. Also, I could easily see him somehow earning minutes at the last five minutes, especially if he can create on his own and not mm-hmm. disturb the offense the way Lance did. Like Lance could create on his own, but half the time it was a disaster. And the other half of the time it was basically the detriment of everybody else where maybe Evans can kind of find a healthy, even ground between helping the team and not being a complete de- detriment sometimes. Yeah, exactly. And I like what, if you read Caitlin's piece, there was so much good Tyreek Pacers content today. It was outstanding. It's crazy. Uh, you didn't get signed to like four, right? Three, I know. Three, four. I think everybody, I think that the inkling that came beforehand, I just think everybody just kind of knew. Um, but Caitlin's piece was really good too. And I liked what she said where it's like if Victor Oladipo has an off night, you know, last year they were just, it's over, that they're done. They lost every game he didn't play. You know, we all know those stats. But now they have this guy who can who can be that guy. And even if Vic's having an off night and you need someone to score at the close of a game, you know, why not try Tyreek at the one? Uh, that worked last year in Memphis really well. He played over a quarter of his minutes there. So I, I, I like that it opens up that kind of line of versatility too. So with Caitlin, I could be speculating, but I I feel like she probably had like a bunch of free agent pieces. So she had the Tyreek piece maybe <laughs> ready. And what she did is realize that like, okay, I have like a Tyreek, a Barton, whatever. I got to, you know, post one because I spent all this time on it. So she posted it in a way it was like, because she saw the rumor, she's like, oh, I can kind of use that as my driving factor to post this piece. I've Because like, I, I thought for sure this deal got pulled out of the road at the last minute. I, mean, I, thought, I thought they were haggling over a second or third year guarantee. I didn't know how many years he was going to get. It was going to be like two for 16 or one for 12 with the you know, second year option, whatever it was. So that was probably what happened. Um, so I just thought about that. But everything you said about him just – Kind of stepping in, especially if Vic is hurt too. Remember, Vic missed seven games and they went and went over seven. So that's huge. They need a right. guy that can that can at least be competent. Because if if their backup shooting guard was anywhere competent, which Lance was not in 
Dick's absence, they would have won at least two or three of those seven games. And they exactly. should have beat Dallas. They should have beat Chicago in that, in that run. Yeah, they got they got beat by Dallas twice without Vic. I mean, Dallas was no, over. didn't Vic play? Oh Vic no, he did play in someone. You're right. Yeah, in but Dallas. That, but right. that game was Lance's fault because Lance got lost covering McDermott like six different yeah. times. I remember uh, that. Our new boy. I hope you enjoyed our McDermott talk yesterday with Nick. By the way, I did. I, did. Um, I, I was trying to. I I needed some McDermott because there's not a lot of content out there on him because he's not really like a big name guy and stuff. Nick was good and lockdown maps is good. That's that was good stuff. But anyway, yeah, I I agree with that exactly. And if she pre-wrote all those free agency pieces, she killed them all because that Tyreek one was good. I, um, I don't think she did. I was just speculating. <laughs> that's like. I, that's what I would have done. If I'd written like three of them and I was like, yeah. I'm not any of these guys, I'm just going to post one. So it's like bet, some effort. I bet you could have got away with a safe bet of writing a Barton, Tyreek, and Smart one. Yeah, I bet you. And, but then if all those guys didn't come, you're kind of like, I spent all this time. I probably spent <laughs> upwards of three hours writing these yeah. and now they're sitting here. Yeah, well, but it was really good. And, and you know, that's the difference between McDermott and us now too is like McDermott, I've seen very little about. Johnny Mathes again wrote some about him. Um, but there's been less about him than Tyreek already. And Tyreek has been on the team for like, we're recording this an hour after they posted the news. So, man, I mean, people are really psyched about this guy. So I think the, the, it's a good signing. I think um, I was pretty trepid on him a lot of the year because I, you know, I'm, I'm scared of the two ball handlers. If he shares the floor with Vic at the same time, you know, we saw that trouble with Lance last year. But I think in the Sands Vic minutes, he'll be a great fit. Um, and, I, you know, the injuries are a concern. But if he, he can get around those, he'll fit in nice. It's also um, a continuation of having similar backups to their starters. So it's like a that seamless seamless coaching. Gosh, they're, if they get another four kind of like Thad, they'll have it at every position. Well, technically, Sabonis kind of plays like Thad sometimes, right? Yeah, that's Maybe. true. That is true. So like then you're – because like they're, they're going to play nine deep right now. I mean, they're nine deep essentially. So they're going to have to play one of their starters. Vic will play 35 minutes a game probably. Maybe not. Maybe been the season paternal will take some of those minutes up too. So theoretically, if Turner plays most of the center minutes, then their their bench lineup could be like Turner, Joseph, Evans, McDermott, and Sabonis, and that could be an interesting lineup. That'd be fun. A lot of shooting there, and that that could be a pretty good wow. lineup. That lineup would actually be a positive for this team instead of a negative bench unit. Yeah. So Victor Oladipo's net rating got 1.2 points per 100 possessions better when Vic when Lance, he was not playing with Lance. I don't think that's a secret, but it's just fun to quantify it. Um, so now, A, imagine Tyreek, who's better than Lance, and B, uh, imagine that pairing not having to be a big deal at all because Tyreek is good and can can hold his own when Vic's not on the court. Well, and Tyreek can play with Darren Collison or Corey yeah. Joseph, and it won't be like an awkward fit because he exactly. can be, like, doesn't need the ball at all times. And he can provide a go-to scorer off the bench when they really need it. Is the biggest pro of this signing no more uh, Lance-Kojo lineups? Uh, I mean – there's a lot of pros this time. That's one of them. And the biggest <laughs> biggest pro is you got a guy who put 20 points a game last year just yes. on your bench. Yeah, yeah that's think, exciting. And, and he can I, play three positions. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, coming into free agency, the Pacers accomplished everything we thought we wanted them to accomplish. You know, we knew they were 70 once that opted in and we're like, okay, they need to get the eighth and ninth guy in free agency. And we thought when they got McDermott, it was like, okay, not super exciting, but it's good. But then getting Tyree kind of is a splashy enough to satisfy the fan base. It makes your team nine deep, which will be – Important both in the regular season and winning more, trying to get to 50 wins and the postseason because being nine deep is just critical. Exactly. Yeah, the postseason is going to be huge. You know, we even saw some games where it was like Booker played a little bit or GR3 played a little bit. Uh, now they have a little more consistency at the back end of their rotation, which will help quite a bit. So I think this is I think this is a home run, especially considering that it's one for 12. Yeah, exactly. If he gets hurt, it's it stinks, but it's not like it hinders you for the future. 
Exactly. You won't you won't have the worst guy on your team the next yep. year. Yep. And next summer you can go after um let's do this for one minute. You can go after like a boogie or a Jimmy Butler. Oh, they're gonna have so much money next summer. They could get up to an obscene amount. If you cut all their I'm just gonna do this is gonna be some terrible math, but if you cut all their cap holds, that's all I did. They all only have forty five million in guaranteed salaries next year. So that's already like sixty million of space. You know, what's you, what's Turner's cap hold that you're just wondering? Turner's cap hold will be somewhere between uh, ten to twelve million, depending on if you make starter criteria, which he will. But okay. <laughs> that's all injury related. So yeah, that you know, I've seen a lot of Twitter stuff today. I don't want to get too excited because this is over a year away. There'll be so much no more new information then. But like a lot of Jimmy Beller talk um, as his contract expires next summer. So you know that that's that's maybe an angle Pritchard's going for. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. Butler's kind of a weird character. I'm not sure where he wants to be. Like he does that picture of him in the Pacers hat is flying around. No, I just mean that he like like some of these star players. You just know they're going to LA. Like Kawhi and PG, you've always known one to go. Oh, I never, I haven't, maybe I haven't paid attention to Jimmy Butler or whatnot. But I never got the English like he like like where he wants to go. He he just wants to win. It yeah. seems like. Yeah, hey, he loves country music. He'd fit right in in Indiana, right? Well, he forced his way out of Chicago with pretty big market. Maybe didn't force his way out, but he sort of with the inevitability of him being there. So I don't know. I mean, if the Pacers make a deep run in the playoff next year, let's say they go to the East finals they're they can say they're one player away. They could maybe able to pitch a guy like Jimmy Butler to come. Especially I, think the they, space. I think if they get really far in the playoffs next year and they have as much space as we think, they have to say to Jimmy Butler, look, here's a player option, full max deal, no matter what, like this is all we can offer you, please. You know? Yeah. Well, it's kind of like the Paul Millsap thing with, with Denver, where the Denver showed just enough that Millsap thought if I go there, I could be the piece that makes them go farther. So, and that's that's a huge selling point for players because because it, it makes especially when you see Butler's comments where he didn't want to sign an extension because he wants he's tired of playing with so many young guys and like that. Like the chemistry of the Pacers locker room is something that I'm sure is starting to spread on the league. That oh, this team kind of has their, their shit together. Yeah. Plus they have that new facility, they have a new facility, so that's nice. I mean, just, it's the little things that if you can prove you're a really good team, you can go up and get a big name guy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, should we talk about the moves that had to happen for them to have the space for Tyreek? Yeah, we should We should probably say our goodbyes to Lance just one so final time. I'll do the two boring ones first because you said you wouldn't even humor me on this. Uh, they okay. renounced the cap holds of Joe Young and Trevor Booker, so they no longer have their free agency rights. Okay, that's it. The other two things that happened. Go, Lance is on the Lakers. Yes, so I was actually having a with my dad this afternoon. What are the odds Lance is back on this team in February? <laughs> Seriously, I mean, let's be honest. Like he Not goes zero, through, which is hilarious. It's it's like between ten percent. I would ten to fifteen, right? Like there's a there's like a decent <laughs> chance of him goes to L.A. LeBron hates hates him. They they, they cut him in January. He's back at being a Pacers uniform. I mean, like he's not on an expensive deal where cutting him is like the end of the world for them. Or like he gets traded back for some like D League contract, something like that, or G League. Sorry. Here's a here's a relatedly silly question: How much money would you spend for Lakers Pacers tickets next year? Ooh. So for me, uh, the answer is a lot because that is going to be so much fun. Yeah, it'd be a lot of money. I, the thing about Lance now is it doesn't seem as bad as last time. It seems like it's like kind of yeah, like a no. bittersweet. It's not, you know, I, I think Paul George tweeted something that was like very cryptic and very mean about Lance or very mean about the Pacers, but Lance doesn't seem like he holds any animosity right now, but maybe he does. Right. I don't think he does either. They offered him a deal. I'll be curious. I, I, I wonder if that'll ever get leaked what the value of that was. But I bet they offered him about the same deal. I bet he just I bet they didn't go to LA. Too. And I bet he chose LA. That's exactly what I Which think. Which is crazy because it's 13 per, or 10% more in tax. So, man, he's going to get yeah. screwed. This is a guy yeah. who's made a lot I mean, made some yeah, money, not a lot of money in his career. Endorsements in LA. But um, it is a bummer yeah. that he's not coming back. But I think that is we're talking about uh, Scott Agnes' report that they did offer him a deal that Sunday night, um, which 
you know, that could just be that they heard he was considering LA and felt pressure to do it then. But either way, it's very interesting that, you know, we all, we both thought that they would at least try to bring him back. So it's good to see well, they did. you're a big they did. fan of plants that they, yeah, they made that effort. Yeah. And I bet the problem was they didn't offer more than a one year guarantee. I bet that's exactly what it is. Cause I mean, why, why would you? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, we've hit on the Tyreek. Lance was not that good last year. You know, when we, and this is part of it too, when I thought they were going to bring him back, I thought it'd be on the minimum. But another thought is that, you know, they just would offer him the room exception and say, okay, wait till we're done signing guys. We'll give you literally the same amount of money we just cut you for. And they save the cap space that way, which is legal. And I bet that's kind of what their thinking was, but he chose LA. So it is what it is. Yeah. And I can understand that. He has to be in the spotlight, like NBA yep. final spotlight. I mean, this is a guy who. No, no, no. no, no, no. He gets to play on the most fun team ever. <laughs> well, and this is a, it's a player who really did thrive. Those two playoffs, or at least that last year, they made the conference final with the Patriots. Like, yeah. He was like in that spotlight against D.A. and LeBron. He had a great series. I mean, yep. kind of tapered off at the end, but he had a great series to start. I mean, he went toe to toe with D. Wade for a while. It felt like I know D. Wade not in his prime is the end of D. Wade, but still, and he thrived that kind of spotlight. And the fit's going to be bad with LeBron, but Lance is a player who does show up in the big moment. Like, he doesn't. He's not going to shy down and disappear right. when you need him most. And so, I don't know. I just have a feeling LeBron will scream his head off at him, and that might be it. Lakers fans are gonna love him. I can't wait till he's taking threes when, like, instead of some other guy on the team, he's taking threes. I'm trying to think of who's supposed to be taking threes for them. Rondo. No, I know. I was thinking that Rondo's not gonna take three. I mean, it's really. I can't wait till LeBron passes. Like LeBron's or Lens is gonna be in like the Dion Waiters role with LeBron. <laughs> you know what right? I think? I don't think LeBron cares about winning this year. I think each one's to have fun. Oh, I think you're right. Um, because I think he would say in the East he wanted to win next year. Yeah, yeah. He's just yeah. have fun. Houston's window is still too probably another. They're still in their kind of prime window this year. Maybe next year's conference finals, but it's tough. I mean, he needs another one or two guys at least. Yeah. And there's a chance they're angling for cap space. But yeah, Lance is in LA. You want to talk about the other move now that they made? Oh yeah, I was the, most, say, predict, the most predictable thing of all time. Well, I have one more thing. How surprised you that Lance got a deal this early in free agency? Very. Yeah. Very. Right. That's like the most yeah. surprising thing of all of this. That's that what I've seen it. a lot of Lakers guys say. Like, why did they not wait to do this? Yeah. Like. What, I, yeah, because the Pacers were gonna like the Pacers were waiting to use their cap space, then they were gonna go to Atlanta to play off from their misstep, like you said. So I don't know why they did this. I don't know why Lakers did they that. They lost Julius Randle for Rajon Rondo. Like, what was that lateral? Yeah. Whatever, it doesn't make any sense to be honest. But um, let's move on to the last guy, and that's Al Jefferson, who yes. the Pacers waived to clear six more million in cap space to get Tyreek, basically. The quite well, and we both said this the question of Al Jefferson was either A, can they trade him? and use his uh, low guarantee to get trade value. But if not, it was not a question of if they're going to waive him, it was when. And the answer yes. was July 2nd to get Tyreek. So there it is. <laughs> and so the Pacers' one bad contract from that 2016 summer is, yep. well, kind of still in the books, but kind of off. It really didn't didn't hinder them in a way a lot of other teams got screwed by that summer. So Bob Kravitz said something about how he hears rumblings that they could try to sign him for the minimum. And given the rest of the roster, I am all for that move. Can they do that? How do they do that? Yeah. They can. If he clears waivers, they can re-sign him for the minimum. Oh, well, I, I bet that, that'll happen, to be honest. I bet that does happen, too. And so then that goes your last roster spots, and then you're No, they've there. got two more. I bet they use a minimum on him and the room exception on a backup four. Okay. So I still have like, Who's the backup four you think they could get? I'm just thinking. I'm just wondering. Um, my musing on Twitter, I just tweeted for the room exception. Uh, my three guys were Mbamute, uh, Nemanja Bialica, who just got his qualifying offer pulled to Minnesota, and James Ennis. Okay, back on your dream, Dennis Bandwagon, I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh -huh. I mean, you're never going to have too many wings. Like, but like I said, ultimately, they're going to play the nine guys they have now. They're going to be a nine-man team. Hopefully, barring injuries, they can be that deep in the playoffs. Yeah. 
yeah, their rotation is set and it's pretty solid. And you know, you know what's gonna be fun too is beyond those nine guys when they have uh, TJ Leaf and Holiday on the court. You know, they're still intrigued to watch when when games aren't close. So that's exciting. That'll be fun. Yeah, like what if Leaf or Holiday actually come the rotation player? All of a sudden, right. first of all, if Leaf can, they might not get. A, I don't know if they'll get a backup four because Leaf. They think Leaf might be able to play enough. I think they're gonna four. get like a depth a depth four, and if Leaf can't play, just use that guy. Yeah. Because I mean, that's how Toronto got ten deep with the rookies. I mean, OG yep. stepped up this year in a way that they didn't think he could. No, I I think you're right. I think they're gonna try to play Leaf just like like if you get Bielitsa, he's like kind of a Leaf prototype, but like better just because he's like refined his skills and years in the league. So if you get a guy like that, you try Leaf at first, and if it's not working, then you just give Bielitsa the minutes. Yeah. So if Leaf can step up, they'll be ten deep, which is kind of amazing. Yep. Amazing, insane, insane. Because yeah. I mean, that's why the Raptors won sixty games because they were so deep they could afford little injuries here and there because they were so deep, so deep. Yes. So. So would you say that basically accomplished their offseason goals? Uh, yeah, they got the secondary creator for when Vic is either injured or not playing or having an off night. Uh, they got their shooting, and they, you know, if McDermott can play the four, they got their stretch four. So I, I think so. I really do. Does that mean the next podcast from McCord we can move on to Summer League? Yes, Friday we probably should talk about it because that's actually the first game. Yeah, so we're going to do some Summer League talk. Um, we've teased it as the UCLA team, East <laughs> Las Vegas. So Las Vegas, UCLA team, but um, – no, it's been interesting guys on that team, and I think it'd be fun to watch Holiday and Leaf this summer because they have some chemistry from their past. Yeah, and, well, it, you know what's kind of interesting now with these two-way contracts? Uh, the Pacers still have one. I almost think that Summer League's like a tryout for a two-way contract. Yeah, I wonder if – how do you say their, their 50th overall pick's name? Alizé. We were saying that wrong forever. I apologize. Yeah. I think I think, I think Alizé, he might have the front runner for that spot. I, I think so too, but you, you never know. You know, Maybe someone surprises everybody. Yeah, maybe Bryce Alford shows out. <laughs> uh, Bryce Alford, wow! You hear that thunder behind me? That was something. That was loud. Yeah, yeah sorry about that, guys. It started <laughs> storming outside my patio where I'm recording this. Um, Alford's biggest moment was when his three got goaltended against an NCAA tournament game. And they won the first round. <laughs> I do I mean, remember that was his, that's his biggest moment. But his dad was really good, so I guess he has that going for him. Yeah, I think it's. I think Alize does get the second two way. I agree with you there, um, but we'll see. You know, somebody's gonna be fun. We'll talk about it Friday. And I don't yeah. think they'll have any other roster moves for a while. Uh, their next technical decision is uh, to guarantee the contract of Alex Poitras on Sunday the fifteenth. Um, given the way their roster is constructed right now, I actually don't know. They could actually keep him. So who knows? Yeah, I agree with you. It's up in the air. I think, he's, like I said, they they really want a like kind of a four. So we'll see. There's not a ton of benefit to waving him. Is the only reason I say that. Yeah, if they it's just that they don't like him. Like just like you know, we've had him for a year. We don't trust him. We don't whatever. What's, what's the point of having 1.7 million in space? That's just a minimum contract anyway. You know, well, I you'll, don't, you'll get another minimum guy to, to try out. Like a guy we can sign minimum. Play, we don't think he can play. You can sign minimums anyway. You know, unless they want to sign an undrafted free agent, I don't see a point to waving. But don't they need the roster spot then? The, if they go, that would get, be a reason. That would be uh, a reason. the roster spot. You have an open – you want an open roster spot technically, right? Most Actually, my official prediction is they push back his guarantee date. <laughs> okay. Because I think most teams want an empty roster spot going into – Yeah, the, uh, maybe so. Going into tra- training camp. Well, remember last year they signed Damian Wilkins in like July 20th range. So well, wasn't it not guaranteed until the season started? Uh-huh. So maybe something like that will pop up again. Well, it's the same thing where you want to have a roster spot going into training camp so you can bring in guys who can compete yep. for it. Yes. That's the idea behind it. Um, you know, GR3 yeah. gets hurt and then Wilkins makes a team. You know, guys love those kind of deals. Yeah, you never know. Um, all right, I think that's all we got. What are you writing this week? I got one more thing, actually. Oh, what's your other thing? Everybody enjoy your 4th of July. Oh, yes, it actually reminds me. 
Thank God for agency over on July 3rd. For the <laughs> we already know the Pacers' whole roster or most of it by the 4th. That is outstanding. I can yeah, relax. Yeah, I mean, it's not good for our content game, but it's fine. Hey, hey, we're doing fine. No, I know, but I'm just warning people now. We've got to do Summer League Friday, and we'll see where we go from there. Yeah, we might be breaking down Summer League games all next week. Hey, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, that's all that. I got, though. I feel like a lot of you might not listen to this Wednesday because you'll be celebrating the 4th, and that's great. If you're listening Thursday, I hope you had a great 4th. Yeah, and it's still relevant. This podcast is relevant until the end oh, yeah. of the summer, basically. Oh, for sure. For sure. Because it's it's official. The rosters are is official, basically. Yes, can't and I I mean, oh, we could have content at the at the press conferences for McDermott and Evans. Actually. Yeah, that's the next thing. I'm just I was just saying the content <laughs> game drops significantly from here on out, but still listen to us because <laughs> we'll produce some interesting podcasts, I'll tell you that. We sure will. All right. Uh thank you for today's Locked On Pacers podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Pacers, tweet at us, question maybe we'll maybe we'll do a mailbag sometimes. So tweet us some we questions. Do a mailbag. Start tweeting questions at us and maybe we'll collect them and we'll do a mailbag. We'll have to do a mailbag at some point in the next week or two. So Start doing that, and we'll collect those. Um, that's all we got for this Lockdown Podcast. As always, have a great rest of your day.